Minneapolis, Minnesota. Taking our time, we settle in to our meditation posture, whatever feels appropriate. Feeling at home. And in particular tonight, for these 25 minutes or so, we're interested in this mindful awareness supporting this investigation of Dhamma's investigation of the way it is, the first two of the seven factors of awakening. And I think to access, to understand the second factor of investigation, Dhamma Pachaya, investigation of Dhammas, the way it is. Sylvia Borstein has a useful line. Investigation is that quality of mind which meets experience with the expectation that deeper looking will reveal hidden secrets. So whether you might sense that as a kind of humility, or that sense of mystery, And so many of the mental torments, the kaleshas, is what they're called, what torments the mind, afflicts the mind, these habits of mind. They're really good at making us look outside of ourselves, look outside of the immediacy of our subjective experience being known. So we think about this problem in our life, or we think about the past, or imagine the future. And in a very real way, we miss our life, and we end up in those endless cycles of suffering, samsara. So in your own, each of us in our own experience now, recognizing this capacity to be aware, to recognize that this experience, this moment is being known. What we investigate is just simply what the heart is naturally interested in. So one of the first things 
will notice that the heart is naturally interested in is how it is that more stress, more tightness, or heavy states arise, how it is that they arise, and how it is that they cease, go away. So we use this present moment awareness and the continuity of present moment awareness to support this deepening comprehension of how it is that things get tight in our heart, body, and mind, and how it is that things lighten up, free up, right here. Just discerning, just the beginning of being able to discern what ways of relating are unhelpful, unskillful, what ways of being aware, showing up, relating are skillful, wholesome. It's really learning how to take care of ourselves in a deeper, more resonant way. What do we do with the mind? What helps? What doesn't help? What makes it worse? And it's not about controlling the mind, it's simply observing with interest So we can discern, wisdom can discern what's helpful, wholesome, what's unhelpful, unwholesome, in terms of how, what the mind is paying attention to and how the mind is relating. Quite naturally, as we're just paying attention to what the mind is doing, what the mind is knowing, quite naturally, different maps that we've learned of the Buddhist teachings will come to mind. Different ways of perceiving or mapping our experience, understanding our experience. So just see if those maps, that way of perceiving increases tension or releases tension, seems helpful or unhelpful. For example, 
One of the teachings the Buddha offers is that it can be skillful at times to use a simple experience like feeling the whole body sitting or feeling the breath coming in, going out. As a training to gather the energies of the mind in this simple experience of tracking an ordinary phenomena like the body sitting or the breath coming in and going out and bringing a fullness to that tracking so full that distractedness is dropped. So this is something we can check out. Is this helpful or not? And of course, we'll notice if we're trying too hard or making an unskillful effort, we'll notice that the body and the mind are getting tight. Or if we're too complacent, not making any effort, we'll notice that the mind is distracted and pushed around by this thought and that thought. And that's also stressful. What's the way of using a meditation object that's actually helpful, actually seems to be setting emotion, wholesome qualities of mind? And that inner pleasure of seclusion. There are many things, experiences that the heart will naturally want to investigate or unpack. Like if there's some heavy state, heavy emotion that keeps visiting, keeps showing up. What is this? What's the actual underlying feeling here? And how is the mind relating to the underlying feeling of this difficult memory, for example? 
It's a skillful way to be relating to this painful thought, this painful memory, or it could be a pleasant memory that is triggering a lot of planning and anticipation. It's a skillful way to be relating. Can I be with the feeling of this thought or this pattern that's arising for me now? Is it safe to be open and inclusive of the feeling that's here to be felt? To simply allow it to reveal itself, to express itself. So we use these first two qualities of wisdom and awareness just to understand the lawful, conditional nature of experience and that there are some ways of relating that are unhelpful, unskillful, and there are other ways of relating to our experience that are skillful, wholesome. And we take this learning And we apply it to those places that are difficult, even just ordinary physical discomfort and how we can relate to the pain in the body in ways that add to the suffering, create more pain, or we can relate to the pain in ways that are helpful. So in this way, there are so many ordinary 
aspects of our experience right now, right here, that the heart is naturally interested in, where we can apply some of the teachings, we can cultivate this Buddha being intimate with Dhamma. So when you find yourself relating to some experience in what seems to be an unskillful way, that's not a failure. It's really useful to see that clearly. See if you can become more intimate, more clear, clearly comprehending how this way the mind is relating is unskillful. And if the way the mind relates to the experience shifts and now it's skillful, then practice being really intimate, really clearly comprehending how it's skillful, how it's supporting or letting go and an opening up and a lightening up. So in that way, it doesn't really matter what's happening. It's an opportunity for learning about what's skillful and unskillful. And of course, there's a lot more learning, more subtle, deeper learning that can arise. So even as we are observing the mind relating in skillful and at times unskillful ways and clearly comprehending the skillfulness or the unskillfulness of what the mind is paying attention to and how it's paying attention. There's a way that wisdom, this quality of investigation, can step back and see all that discernment as the activity of nature, not really that personal. And how everything, the bodily activity, the mental activity, even the discerning, the learning, the comprehending, that all of that is in motion, unfolding according to causes and conditions. A lot of learning, not so much learning. And we can learn to use these particular perceptions the Buddha offers, the perception of change or impermanence, the perception of unsatisfactoriness, the perception of not-self or impersonal nature, in a way that causes the heart to soften and our attachments to begin to soften and fade away. 
or dispassion or contentment, less and less of a tight grip, a fixed idea, all that begins to drop away. Simply by using these three perceptions, noticing the change, noticing that any attachment is heavy, any identification is heavy. Notice how impersonal all of this movement of body and mind is. The more wisdom can sense the dispassion, the non-attachment, it sets up even a deeper learning. The dropping away of craving relinquishing of any dependence on experience. And the tasting of a peace that's really beyond any conception of peace, a heart completely unburdened, unfixed, no problem. So here we're sitting, there's this activity of the mind and this activity of the body. And it's easy for us to get identified with our story. This is my achy body and this is my conditioned mind doing what it almost always does, worrying in this way or planning or trying too hard, or having doubt, or... And we basically tell ourselves a story that nullifies the capacity for real interest and investigation. But we can be interested in that. That's something being known, isn't it? Here and now, it feels like this. It's also coming and going in an impersonal way. Whatever the mind happens to take it personally, 
that sort of inner complaint, it's heavy. And whenever the mind sees it as something changing and impersonal, it has the flavor of not being a problem. And there's this greater dispassion, contentment, a fading away of craving until the conditions are just right and craving simply ceases. This is the great awakening, the great mystery that the Buddhist teachings and practices point to. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.